what I'm going to try to do is just find some, you know, a Sanchez, a Hazard, an anchor, <laughs> and just try to leave it there. A Kevin that's DeBrown. the hardest uh, eye roll that Scott's ever given. And an Ali, you said Hazard. A Deli. Right? No, it was Sanchez. It was like, well, that was predictable. All right, welcome to our latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. Man, we are getting so close to the season. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Francesco. We had so much stuff yeah. to give you in our last podcast episode. It was ridiculous. We had to break it up into two parts. It's so much crap. If you there's nothing crap about it <laughs> except know. except maybe uh, Brian's parts. All, everything Just I everything I said was pretty much crap. Everything Brian said Why was Are you bombing on our awesome. on our podcast to start? Look, because that will make, you know, people want to listen to dumpster fires, right? Part 2. <laughs> Welcome to part 2. Yes, how to play fantasy premier league FPL part 2. We think that we will be giving you everything else. You yep. need to know to get the season started off well. If you've played before, we still think we've got some good stuff for you. If you've never played before and you're about to for the first time, welcome. That's it. Welcome. This is a great place to hey, be. Hey, I had plenty to learn last last uh, pod. Plenty well, to learn. I mean, there's really nowhere to go but up for you, Dave. Mm, touche. I hate you so bad <laughs> right now. There's only 1,140,551 players currently signed up to play Fantasy Premier League with just two weeks to go. I was going to say, that's a lot, considering we're still in July. That's true. What kind of fool fills out his lineup in July? I do, Scott. I do. Don't forget how many people were playing at the end of last season. Do you remember that number? Yeah, Yeah. well over 4 million. 4.5 million. And I expect that to grow. I do, too. popularity And as that... Number grows, more and more people will need to know how exactly to do this game and what better place to find that information than right here on this very podcast, part two. Could you say it any better? We should myself. charge for this. We should, but it's amazing. It's our service to the soccer slash football world. Podcast part two. Let's we jump get, into it, shall we? Let's get into this podcast. Brian, I'm just going to kick it straight over to you. Well, look, the thing is, last week when we talked about how to play Fantasy Premier League, last week's episode was primarily, uh, uh, are you a first-time player for Fantasy Premier League, Soccer Premier League? If you are, then last week's episode was perfect for you because it it really was a how to play, how to actually get into the game, what to actually do, what do you actually have to know, how many players are on your team, and so on. This week... I wanted to focus on something we couldn't really get into. It's a little bit outside. It's kind of the next level of how to play Fantasy Premier League. And that is we talked a little bit about player prices. And if you're playing the budget version of Fantasy Premier League, that's what we're talking about this time, that in the budget version, player prices are set right now at a particular amount. You have 100 million pounds to spend, $100 million dollars, to spend on your team, every player is priced between twelve and a half dollars and four dollars right now. That's how everyone right. starts to begin the year. You have to pick that team. So the big challenge to start the season is how are you going to spend that money most effectively? 
as the season goes on, those player prices are going to change. Player performances are going to drive the their their budget, the amount of the money that they are worth. You can edit this, Dave. As the season goes on, player performance will affect the price of the player. It will either go up yep. or it will go down. Yep. It could possibly stay the same, but likely as a player does performs really well or as a player performs poorly, the more people buy a particular player the, the, or sell a particular player, the, the quicker it goes up and the down, The quicker right? their price goes up and down. Do you think it's advantageous at times to be the first one to sell? That's what I want to and talk about. the first time to buy. That's exactly what I want to talk about, Dave. So the first thing I feel like is one of the, the big strategy decisions is when to buy and when, if and when to buy, if and when to sell. So let me give you a for example on yeah. when to buy. I'm ready. So I can say for, for sure, last season, there are so many times when I thought, you can see the the trend of of a particular player. You can see that their performances are increasing, or they've been steady. And you say, "I should probably buy that guy." Or you can see a player that you say, "Oh man, this guy has had about three or four bad weeks in a row. I really got to get rid of this guy." And I can tell you that when the season goes on, and player prices adjust up or down a tenth of a dollar. Those tenths can be the difference sometimes between being able to get the guy you want and get and miss out on the guy that you want. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. What I'm saying is if a guy is 5.5 and you don't have any money in the bank and his price drops to 5.4, that .1 dollar difference might be the difference between you being able to transfer him out directly for someone else of the same value. Yep. Or missing that player uh, that you would want that you could get for an equivalent value, right? Because what, on a, on a higher level, Brian, what you're saying also applies to your entire team. If someone drops in value, your team overall drops in value, and that's less money overall that yep. you have to spend. So ideally, if you start the season and you have only players who perform well, their prices are likely to go up. And uh, I think we t I think we mentioned it last week. You, you will be able to sell a player for a, for a profit, potentially, uh, later on in the season if their price goes up high enough. But if their, if their price drops, you, you will lose that money. So the reason why the strategy of buying and selling is so important and the timeliness of it, Dave, to your, to your point and to answer your question, you, you have to, I feel like you have to really, you have to make the decision it's sad, but sometimes you have to make snap decisions, even at the at before the match weeks are even completed, which is really frustrating because of what we talked about a lot last week with the potential for injuries. You know the train. You know whatever training is going on, whatever matches happen in midweeks and stuff like that. Sometimes you have to get rid of a player or buy a player. Sometimes you could do it even dirt while the match week is still going on because you have to hurry because people react so quickly to good and bad performances. So another for example, let's say like when to buy somebody. Let's stick with this idea, when to buy. Last season, I would like to call the when to buy uh, an Etienne 
Capickle. <laughs> oh. The, yeah. And Etienne Capickle. Capickle. Okay. Yeah, it's dumb, I know. <laughs> an an uh, ex, exigency capoo. No, yeah. the exigency is just like a, a conundrum. Uh, yeah. uh, we understand what no, I'm No, no, listen, I did not, so I appreciate <laughs> Look, the, the description. The point <laughs> is, last season, we all know this, we played, anyone else who's listening to this that played, you know what Etienne Capoo did to, to Fantasy Premier League last season. He was one of the cheapest by by price yes. midfielders that you could have, and by Production. halfway through the season, he was one of the top scores three. Right, I think there was a point where he was the number one. He was the number one scoring player in fantasy Premier League. That was pretty much in August and September for a short time. Yeah, but yeah, no matter right. what, he remained because he scored so much in the first like six weeks. Yep. He scored so many points. He stayed in the top 20, I think, all season. So the guy, no matter what anyone said, and I'm sure, Scott, we agreed. We've, I, I, I never owned him. Uh, I'm sure there are other people <laughs> participating in our league who did. But it kept, no matter what, we kept saying, there's no way this is real. There's no way. His okay. conversion rate, he was like, he had kicked the ball like four times <laughs> and three of them went into the net. And he exactly. kept scoring like that. And he had this ridiculous conversion rate. The pickle of it is, the capickle, the Etienne capickle. Mm, there it is. Is, what did you do with Etienne Capu last season? Yeah. Did you buy him after week one when he scored a freak goal? When in week two, when he scored again, did you say, "Oh man, I better get on this guy"? Because or as that's you, happening, his price is steadily rising. Or did you say, or did you just keep saying like that's, I did? That's, that's not going to And like happen. a bunch yeah. of, I'm sure a bunch of people did. No way. That's, I am not. I am not falling for this. Yeah. I am not doing this. Scott loves to call out guys with fool's gold. Right. That's his right. favorite thing to do. Is, that is, is tell us who to not trust. That is the color of Watford's kit. <laughs> I'll give you wow, I'll give you another dig. this is what, deep dig <laughs> I'll give you another for example yeah Andre Gray going into last season Andre Gray striker for Burnley going into the preseason in the first week of the season last last year Andre Gray was one of those uh, low value striker well he looked like a, a, a cheap option at striker somebody who was a bit of a a fantasy darling from uh, from multiple sources because he was like six dollars or six and a half dollars or something like that, and he looked to be on a bit of a, a blank streak coming into the season. He had done well in the championship, and so he looked a good option. He scored a goal in the second week, and so I think after week two, he it's one of those guys you think, oh man, I wonder if this is real. I can get him really cheap. If you bought him in week two. You probably kicked yourself for the next nearly six months because he did not score another goal until the end of December. Mm. So mm. what I'm saying is guys like that, guys like Etienne Capu, that kind of thing is going to happen a lot. Mm. The question is for buying, when do you buy a guy like that? And that's where player knowledge and knowledge of soccer comes in. And that's where we come in. Well, and that's what I was gonna say. Listen, if you don't have you don't have time to do all that, 
Let us do it for you. Let us do it for because you. Because we knew Etienne Capu was not going to stay on that pace all season long. It was impossible. It was impossible. And that's where, like, that's this is where FPL budget leagues are a lot like you know, the stock market. Yep. You've got to learn when to buy low and sell high. Yep. And if you wait till Etienne Capu scores two goals in a row and you buy him, you've just bought high. Yep. Because once you bought him, I don't care what his total points are for the season and the fact that he finished top 20 in midfielder scoring. By the time you bought him, he did nothing for you. Nothing. Yep. He, did, that, he did nearly nothing from the, from the moment that he peaked until the end of the season. Which was always going to be the case, the law of regression. So are you going to contrast this with another midfielder? Because yes, I've got someone in mind that yes, I want to talk about and, next and, I could I could use two guys, okay? Because uh, it bri- is, it's a perfect bridge between buying and selling. Can you can you talk about is one of them a spur? They're both spurs. Okay, let's talk about them. Oh. So I want to use I want to use Christian Eriksen first. That's my boy. Because Christian Eriksen, through twelve matches last season, yeah, had three assists, killing me. That yep. was the that was what his that was all he did in his attacking returns through twelve matches. For for Scott at Thanksgiving, you, you guys were oh, I'm ridiculing you. me. Yeah, it absolutely. seemed like the kind of guy like yep. the, well, and, and and the same thing. You could say the same thing right away. There was no way he was going to stay at that low level of performance. But was he going to do what he ended up doing? I don't know if anyone would have seen what he did coming. This guy did. I picked him number one midfielder from in from fantasy match Premier League. thirteen to thirty eight. From the match thirteen until the end of the season, eight goals, twelve assists wow. in that span. That's just because he was finished as a top five midfielder for the season. Now, if you bought in on Christian Eriksen in week ten or eleven, yeah, it didn't look great. You know, there might have been some moments where you're like, oh man, that guy because he hit the post a ton. He was very unlucky as uh, as his performances went, and then it ended up exploding. Christian Eriksen went crazy from match thirteen on. I would say the same thing about Delhi. I specifically remember last season when I thought I should I'm, I want to buy that guy. His performances have been good, not great. He hasn't got the returns that he had in the previous year. Something like he seems like a guy who's poised to to break through here. And he did a very similar thing. And Delhi finished what second? Sounds right. I think he was second or third in second in is, midfielder scoring yeah. for the season. So if you buy, so I bought Delhi after. So he went back to back braces around Christmas last season. I bought him after that and held him for the rest of the season. So in that sense, I did buy him high, but. It was it was, it was still after worth the it. intent was yeah. already there. I I knew I should have had him, and I didn't get him whenever I knew I should have. But if you look at the points per pound when you bought him and thereafter, he was still a great, still it was a still great an buy. amazing buy. Correct. And and to your other point, Delhi is not Etienne Capu. Correct. Or I should say, Etienne Capu is not Delhi Ali. That's exactly so right. So you knew that. Etienne Capu was not going. He did not play, and he was not playing as an attacking midfielder. His his conversion rate was completely unsustainable from the third goal that went in for him. Where Delhi, you kind of knew, like, and and as he as he went, Spurs peaked. 
you know, we talked about it a lot. We saw what they were capable of last last season with, you know, when everyone was healthy. So that's all of that to say the buying and selling tactic there. It's just really, you know, it is important to try to track exactly who's trending which direction. I would say, too, in this in this part, when you look at the sortable player list and you look at the when you when you can sort players by particular statistical categories and the breakdowns that the uh, fantasy premier league offers you can sort by form you can it's just an average you know an average points that that player has scored who is averaging the highest amount of points uh, you know over a particular amount of time three weeks or something like that so you can see right away whose form is the best you can sort by what they call their ICT index, which is their right. influence, their creativity, their threat, all of those all of those markers are on there. So you can sort and see what players are doing the most for their clubs at any particular time of the season. Use those. Definitely use that. I feel like those are they're really good you know, that's it is the hard data to back up. Uh, you know, yeah, some guy might have a really bright spot of form, but you can go back and look and say, this particular guy is one of the most threatening players in the Premier League. If he's not scoring great at that particular time, maybe it might be time to buy him because it happened with, I would say, Wilfred Zaha last season. He was one of the most, he was the most fouled player in the Premier League last season. Unbelievable. He was attacking every, I mean, no matter what, the guy was a threat at every moment that he was out there. And when we talked about it, when he came back from the African Cup of Nations, he was five and a half dollars, five point seven dollars, or some absurdly low amount at that point. If you bought Wilfred Zaha in in January, you were thrilled because he that was he came back and he did great. Yep. You know, within a month of returning, and it was it was by far one of the best values, true values of the second half of the season. Mm. Spoiler for our, our actual season preview shows. Mm. I'm pretty high on Wilfried Zaha this coming season. Yeah, uh, I, I know, am too. It can, it can bite you, though, too, because I think a lot of people, Brian, probably thought that Paul Pogba surely was going to do more at some point last season. Yeah. And that's where it's it's, it's a little bit like playing the lottery. It's a little mm. bit like buying stocks. You never truly know. There's always going to be a gamble on whether or not you're going to get it right. Yeah. If you bought Paul Pogba when he was on a rough run of form thinking surely he's going to turn this thing around, the only thing he actually ever did for you was just hit more crossbars. That's true. Well, but I mean, he did hit some crossbars. He hit them so hard. Hey, listen, Pogba, at the beginning of last year though, I th I said I thought, I mean, if you look at his career stats, he's an 8 goal, 8 assist type guy. He had 5 goals, 4 assists last year. That's not that's not very good. Yeah, it's remember. It's not. It's under his numbers. There's no doubt. I don't think anyone would say that he had a great year last year. My point being, I don't think he's going to stay there. I think at best he's a third midfielder. The problem is he's not a third midfielder in price. He's eight, he has dipped eight this million year. pounds. Yeah. This year his price is down. And I would think that's gonna tempt some people to grab him, but he, not yeah. me. I think the problem though, the I'm gonna well, we'll talk about this for the previews. Is there's there's multiple teams at the top. I'm not sure exactly who their starters are going to be yet. Yeah, it's going to be a tricky. I one. know Pogba will be starting. Does Pep even have a starting lineup ever? Pep's got a lot of guys, man. I, I think I know he has something for uh, for Jesus and and Sane 
that's why healthy. I'm that's why so, I'm I'm all about the middle of the table when you know exactly who the starting. I mean, I Sean Dyche has the same starting eleven <laughs> every <laughs> match, and if I get Sam Vokes scoring a couple matches in a row, I'm set. But that's beside the point for this show, Brian. I want to get back to what you're saying about yeah. knowing when to buy, when to sell, because we saw something last year so much, and we kept telling people not to do it. And apparently our influence isn't strong enough yet because they kept doing it. Oh, yeah. Lord. And you referenced it, I think. I think you mentioned this phrase, chasing goals. Yes. We talked about chasing goals all the time because you could see when certain players, uh, when somebody, I was going to say, it, it, it seems to be proportional to the, to the name recognition yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess in a way the prestige And even the Britishness. Can we say that? The Britishness, too? Yeah. I mean, what else can you attribute John Stones' popularity to? Right. Well, I don't know what... I don't... I, uh, you're going to be really mad when you see the ownership of John Stones even preliminary <laughs> to this, in the start of the season. He's he's up there. John Stones. All right. I'm going to vow to you now in my... Uh, ownership in our, update. Here is the... Uh, yeah, it's John Stones' ownership update. <laughs> uh, preseason edition. In our player preview... Or in our season preview, if his ownership is in double digits while we're recording our season preview i will do a john stone's angry limerick it's gonna happen okay oh wow i i'm excited for that oh boy um i can't guarantee you won't need two bleeps i can't remember exactly where we were we're talking about chasing goals but i I wanted to (laughs) i mean you know me well brian's finishing his point about chasing goals and not doing it don't do it the point is the point is you if somebody if one guy in in the in the andre gray category of player scores once you say i mean you can you can sure go after it go get that mm. guy uh hurry as fast as you can and gra- and grab the guy it just it, there's going to be times where it's going to be really tempting to do that uh, i would say look at someone like uh, manolo gabbiadini coming to southampton last season he scored what in three or four straight when yeah, he first he got, got there. Yeah. He scored a lot of points in those in those first weeks that he got there. And then, like a lot of people are saying, Claude Puel's rotation, his tactics, and his, and then his the style that he was asking them to play, kind of crushed all of their creativity and their goal scoring and all of their attacking. Kind of just went kind of out the window. They didn't score a whole lot at all. They had that issue all season long, and so. It looked like you know you could have chased or gotten Gabby Adini really cheap whenever he first arrived, and you and it would have paid off. You know, taking the chance on him at the very beginning or chasing him after the first week of a goal, you got a good return on it. But it's, I think that's where Scott it really does pay at at some point to say, how much do I actually know about this guy? What is this guy actually going to do for me? And and is this player worth going after right away at the start of the season? A guy, because uh, everyone's watching, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are watching teams play in various uh, exhibition matches and different tournaments and stuff. Scott, what are you doing with Salah from Liverpool to start the season? He's He looks very good. I'm going to consider him. He looks very good. And... Is that a guy who you'd, you know, it's a bit, you know, somebody who you've seen zero minutes of in the Premier League up to this well, point? Last time he was in the Premier League two years ago, he could hardly make the field with Chelsea. That was under Jose Mourinho. Doesn't really count. We know what And Mourinho when he did does. make the field, he sucked. 
We know what Mourinho does to players. So am I to expect – you're right. I back you. I will back that. But am I to expect that he's just gone to Roma for one year and not turned into this amazing player? A couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I know, don't think so. I think – I don't trust it. So you have to consider something. Why are we talking about this right now? But anyway, I'll talk about it. He We're said, talking yeah. about this because what? Because I feel like this is a an entryway into the beginning of the season. Okay. He is one of those guys that, in a way, I feel like it could you could see it as I'm chasing his performance over the summer. Uh, we right. haven't seen him actually on the on the Premier League sure. pitch. At least in a while, yep. And we have, and we're definitely, we don't know anything about him with Liverpool yet, okay. other than that he looks like he's, he so has have, some nice potential. I can give you, I can give you what you're looking for here. Uh, there's something to be said for um, the fact that we know what Liverpool is going to be because nothing changed with their system. Klopp is still their manager, and we know the importance of Liverpool midfielder to Klopp's system. Okay. Salah fits perfectly into that system. He provides a ton of pace, which, I mean, watch one of those Asia Trophy matches, and you saw that. He told, he lit up that side of the pitch that he was on. Uh, so you know what he's going to bring. He's probably going to start in at least the first few weeks until the Champions League gets underway. Uh, so I, I'm going to buy him for two reasons. Number one, because he's Liverpool midfielder, and that means something. Mm-hmm. And number two, fixture list. Yeah, Liverpool doesn't have a really rough match until they play. I think it's Arsenal in week three, and even that is always a goal-filled yeah, fixture. That's never a nil nil. That is always four three, yeah. and Liverpool midfielder is going to score three or four of those goals. Yeah. So yeah, he's someone that you'd consider just because of what you know surrounding right. him. So th- and that's in that case, it's not necessarily chasing the the goal. There is there is an attachment to system and player at that point, and that there's a, and there's there is there is a, a reason to reach, where you know maybe some of the other guys I know uh, Jay Rodriguez. A lot of people are really uh, getting a little hype about oh, Jay Rodriguez going to West serious? Brom. Yeah, because he, he's scored he scored, goals. Because he he's already in scored in the summer, and so saying. I think. People see the performance and say, "Well, is this guy gonna take? Is he gonna take Salomon Rondon's spot as the as the top striker? Is he the first choice striker for West Brom going into the season? Are they gonna play together? You know, I think those kinds of things. That's that's one of those guys that you could easily say, "Hey, that guy's cheap." Plus, they play Bournemouth at Burnley, Stoke. Right. The beginning of the season for for West Brom is pretty good yeah so that's exactly one of, that's exactly why when we say buying and selling you're going to run into this in the as the season progresses yep. and and those cheap strikers those guys that look the value the the dollars that can, you can save on certain players or you know or like i said the tenths of dollars that you can save on those guys there's going to be some real temptation there to go after those guys when you see a week or two uh, of good performances, uh, I would throw Joe Allen in there last season. Joe Allen had a few good weeks in a row. Peter Crouch had some for Stoke had some really good weeks when he finally got some starts in a row. So it's just one of those things where I think the temptation is going to be there. The biggest temptation of all, Scott, I think to our last point is taking minus points in transfers. I have an opinion on this, and it varies from yours, Dave. So as we mentioned. 
you can you get one free transfer. You should know this. You get one free transfer every week. Yes. You can have as many as two free transfers. If you don't use your free transfer in a week, you get an additional one. But the maximum you can ever have at one in one time is two. Use it or lose it at that point. Right. And so then you, it just stays. You can take, you know, you're never going to accumulate more than two. However, if you use more than the number of free transfers that you have, every one past, the, past your total is minus four points to your point total for your team. Yes. That's important for your point total. It does not immediately not subtract from your weekly from total. Your week that week it subtracts when the next week starts from your total number of points so it does not affect you 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 can just see the point you just kind of calculate it like i'm going to start next week with minus four of what i have total right now it's why brother matt could destroy us all in a week and then just barely be ahead of us in points when the next week starts (laughs) (laughs) sorry brother matt taking minus points in fairness to him Let's be honest. He, he had a good year. He had a great the year. The entire year, yeah, except and, up until last week for and him, obviously. But. Yeah. Taking minus points was the last my last resort. I waited until the very end and made minus many minus point transfers that all But it, they seemed to ga- pay off. They were all gambles and they all paid, paid off. off. Yeah. I don't know I don't know how did, that happened. I did not have that meant that Good luck. No, me neither. But and or I, good decisions at times. I hate going negative points, and so I just avoid it. And I covered this a well, little bit last week. No, go go ahead. I just I, I like using my free transfer to improve my squad just a little bit every week. You know, usually there's someone who gets hurt or someone who's out of form, and I want to just one by one each week move them, move move someone in, and, and bring take someone out. And just slowly make my squad a little bit better. And then when I need to do more moves, that's when I use my wild card. And then I go ahead and I go big. I set my squad exactly the way I want it. Mm-hmm. And if you play your wild card right, you really don't have to take negative four too often. True. It's true. Well, and you just got to be patient. And that's what, I, that's what I wasn't most of the time is I think someone's hot. I want to try to. I want to try to catch that fire, Brian. But well, that's that's you playing the lottery, is, right? I think that's the, playing the lottery, right? right? Yeah, but it's like, go ahead, Brian. I think the biggest temptation to take minus points is going to be in those first few weeks. I think rather than using a wild card early, which I think that's a the the worst strategy would be blow up your whole team it, after a few weeks. It, I at actually least disagree. Wait till the, to the transfer yes period. Yes, ends. right. I am not. I am not opposed. To using a wild card going into week four, right after the window has closed and the first international break is over. Because now I know who's actually with whom. Right. What players with what squad. And you've got a little bit of knowledge in who's actually starting, right. who's coming off the bench, what formations are being used, style of play. I am absolutely for, if you need to, using your wild card, your first half of the season wild card after week three leading into week four uh but i wouldn't use any of the other chips or anything like right. that at that point yeah i guess i guess what my feeling is going into the beginning of the season hopefully you've chosen enough players who are actually playing <laughs> your players <laughs> right. don't get hurt right away that don't have some kind of a long-term injury immediately to start the season yep uh where you're forced to sub a person out or that you you know that you have multiple players on your team that you realize oh man 
this guy is only coming off the bench to start this beginning of the season. Can I can I go off on a bit of a rant that is somewhat oh, related? Can you hold your thought? Brian? I can hold this thought exactly where I am. Okay, good. <laughs> Last week I mentioned and we t- had a good discussion about how fantasy Premier League won't truly take off uh, among the Premier League's fan base until the Premier League does something to cater to the, fantasy players. Mainly to with injuries and starting lineups. Bring right? it into the culture of the Premier League. And we said the injury, the, the league needs an injury protocol. Can I just say, why? Why would you have three matches in your season occur before you close the transfer window? That yeah. doesn't make any sense it's to so me. so silly. You're right. There's multiple. Go, oh, go ahead. It does not. Like, you cannot possibly know what to do for the first three weeks of the season. Short of guessing. There is an immense amount of, if you feel lost about your week one lineup, hey, guess what? We host a podcast about this thing, and we're a little bit lost too. Because you're, you're going to buy somebody, and he's not going to be available in the league at all by the end of week three. Or he's going to have a different club, different different kid on by the time week four rolls around. It's so silly. It, it really is silly. I, I'm not sure. August 1st. Shut yeah. the <laughs> window on August 1st. <laughs> I've I, been dealing with rumors for two months. Yeah. Who cares? I'm tired of the rumors. It's long enough. And you know If you can't get your business done by August 1st, it doesn't deserve to get done. I'm so tired of fake news, Scott. And then that's there's, true. Oh and then, my! And true. then you know that there's going to be more rumors from all of the stuff that wasn't cleaned up by the middle of September, happening again in the, the transfer window over Christmas. English tabloids, everyone's looking for a headline, and you can just throw oh, stuff yeah. out there. And by the way, so then three weeks three weeks go by before the window shuts, and then business gets done on the last day, right? Yeah. But guess what? That guy that got bought just before game week four, yeah. he's not ready. No, well, and there's always an international break after that. That's the first international it's, it's, break. That's when it, it's perfectly so, timed. So then there's so like never another know two what's going weeks on. Yep, absolutely. Before and these, he even trains with the club. You know, yeah, I mean, these <laughs> clubs have already been doing preseason for a couple weeks now. They're going to do four weeks of preseason, play three matches, buy two more guys, change the whole dynamic. Yeah, I know. It's really silly. It. Honestly, makes zero sense. They should shut the window on August 1st, play a couple more preseason matches before the season starts with the club you know you have. I'm sorry for the pounding. All right, now, Scott, what, so what, all this, this is great. I, uh, and now I'm going to commission you to, right after you press send to send the email that I commissioned you last pod to send about oh, yeah. injury protocol, oh, I'm yeah, now going to commission you all right. to send an email chasing that one in the internets, you know, in the internets out there about closing the window on week one. And listen, you just badger them. Just keep sending them and badger them and badger them and badger them. And who knows? Maybe maybe old Presidente, Brian, who's the president of the FBL? Maybe, The uh, PL, it's Richard Scudamore. Oh. <laughs> Why did I ask Brian? Scott. Sorry. Why are you asking me? Yeah, well, I just – because I figured no one would you know, actually You know that know same that. guy who floated that idea of that international 39th match week that everyone loves so much? Remember that one? Years Man, ago? that sounds like something that, stupid still, like Goodell playing NFL games. I'm and, still bitter about around that. Around the world. Anyways, whatever. Where are we? The well, whole point, the yeah, whole point of you, this Brian. was to say that buying and selling players uh, and taking minus points and the potential of blowing up your team – there's going to be a bigger temptation to do that early on in the season. And to your point, Scott, what you're saying is 
your team, your whoever you're following, they might still be bringing in new guys who you don't know where they're going to be until three, four, five weeks yes. into the season. Yes. So in a way, yeah. there's always the potential for a shakeup because you don't know by the end of the transfer window that there might be somebody else coming in that could directly impact your fantasy Premier League roster. Well, let's just be bold about it. At least 19 and a half clubs are going to be looking to buy someone after the matches have started. Yes. I say 19 and a half because usually there's one club that says we're done in this transfer window, but no one ever actually is. Mm. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. How, how do you expect us to play the first five weeks of the season if we don't know who to play? We know. I know that's a rhetorical question. We know some players are going to play. Well, all of that to say, also, Brian, I'm I glad think, you held that thought because I don't know that we would have been able to get back there if you had. <laughs> what, what I think it, we're saying here is uh, we are advocating for a uh, a hold your team. Uh, hopefully, you've made wise decisions, but hold your team, even if it, there's some underperformance to start the season. Don't be. You know, the temptation could be there to make more than your available number of transfers or in the completely uh, crazy notion that you could use your wild card and blow up your whole team after a few weeks. The the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast is advocating a, a wait and see, a cautious, cautiously optimistic yes. move forward with who you have. Hey, listen, and, Ryan, I still do love not, the players. And I still love the game. Yes. Rule number one from last week's pod. Rule, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, no, listen. Last week I said set your lineup for week one. Don't set it for the whole season. This right. is exactly why, right? Right. If anything, wait to set your lineup for the whole season until week four, week five. That's yep. when you know who's going to be where. I think we've made that point. Yeah. So that's all, I, I think that's really all I wanted to say. Dave, I think you had some questions that you, wanna, that you wanted to tack on here at the end by, about specific strategies from this podcast based on the individuals playing in here so we can give away all of our secrets to sure. everyone else. Well, I mainly wanted to, to speak on my downfalls because if anyone can – like, I, I felt like I had many downfalls last year, and I want to try to learn. And, and if I speak on about it in a public manner, maybe I, it will get it will sink into my brain Yeah. so I won't make those mistakes again. It sounds like he just wants free counseling from yeah, us. Yeah, that's I, I I think what you're what you're saying is that you screwed up and you want hey. us to do all of your work for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen. What, number what one. can we do for you, man? <laughs> number 1. I wasn't patient. Okay. No, I you wasn't not. I wasn't patient enough. I, I Yeah. There was times where uh, I didn't think that that jumping around as much would matter. And minus four points here, minus four points there wouldn't matter. But guess what? It does matter. It catches up to you. Think about this. If in order for my player to completely negate an average day, they at least have to score seven points. At least have to score seven points to go above and beyond an average day, right? So if you're going to – so in other words, if, if I picked up Aaron Ramsey – and I just took a minus four to pick him up. I dropped Matt Phillips and picked up Aaron Ramsey. Okay. Sounds so, crazy. Did you actually do this? Is this a <laughs> is this an actual transfer that you did is last this an season? Off season Arsenal moment? No, okay. no, no, no. I actually okay. just was fooling around with it online. Okay, and I okay. Just yeah. did that right now. So, but let's say I did that during the, during the, you know my transfer window. 
So I dropped Matt Phillips, picked up Aaron Ramsey. In order for for Aaron Ramsey to make that worth it, because if Matt Phillips just goes out and has an average day, he's going to score three points. Right. He needs to score seven points. That's your three plus the minus four. Aaron Ramsey at least needs to score seven. And we know he's not scoring goals. And if Matt Phillips – Probably not. If Matt Phillips scores – has an assist – and or a clean sheet, a midfielder with a clean sheet that plays ninety minutes is four is four points, right? Yep. So if he so if he has a clean sheet day, then then now my new player had to have scored eight points to make that worth it, at least for that individual week. Now, if you're looking past it, that's fine. Obviously, it's not going to cost you minus four points the following week. But you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. There's it can opportunity cost. You trade-off. were impatient in that you made transfers for people like Aaron Ramsey that accumulated by the end of the season for sure. many, many minus points. So the rule that Brian and I are making for you, Dave, is never take negative four on Aaron Ramsey. Yes. That that's, is, that's what you're looking for, right? Exactly. <laughs> rule number yeah. one of right. the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast <laughs> for the 2017-2018 season, do not take minus four to transfer in Aaron Ramsey. Now, here, by the, by Dave, the way, you two mockers, I think he's going to have a decent season. In well, your I hope not, because every time Aaron Ramsey scores a goal, a celebrity dies. But that's, that's beside the fact. point. Okay. That's weird. Uh, it is weird. Weird, weird in a fact. It's true. But hey, this speaks to my point, Dave. The patience you got to find half your guys who you're just going to hold on to. Okay. you yep. got to find those clutch guys, yep. the Ashley Williams, who are going to end up in the top 15 in defender scoring if you just hold on to them all year. Yeah. Uh, and doesn't get hurt. Uh, you know, you're, you got to find your Gilfie Sigurdsson in the midfield. Yeah. Uh, you got to find your crazy low price. Brian, he's, he's $8.5 billion. Yeah, he ended. Ridiculous. He's starting the season where he end, No, that's not true. He's a dollar more than he was when he ended last season. You got to just find those those steady guys that you're just going to keep in there, and they're not going to be your weekly transfers unless they get season-ending injuries. Um. All right. So, so you know, the first point was that you were impatient. Impatient. Second point is, which is sort of piggybacks off the first point, is that I didn't think that jumping around would matter, and it and it did matter. Those mm-hmm. two are kind of linked. Define jumping but around. It, jumping around meaning just not not well. Not sticking with a player long enough, or being too quick on a trigger to chase goals sometimes, and or just like, oh man, you know, just I, I think I just wasn't patient, but I just didn't think it. I, it, it was two different trains of thought. It felt like not you being sound patient. a lot like that uh, amateur stockbroker who was watching CNBC one yep. day and really liked how cute the analyst exactly. was who talked about that new tech stock, and so he decided to buy it, and then it ended up crashing, and you lost all your money. Exactly. Yep. Now, that, that didn't to happen we know, all didn't it? the time, right? <laughs> now, yeah. the other thing was this, and, and I'm not sure there's an exact science to this, but I think I'm going to try to do something a little different this year, and that's captaining. I couldn't pick a captain to save my life last year properly. I had good, I had players on my team that score well, but they never seemed to be my captain. What I think I'm going to do – the. I did okay early in the season when I would just leave it on Zlatan, Brian. Yeah. In the first half of the Everyone season. Everyone did okay who captained Zlatan exactly. early on in the season. But then once he got injured and he wasn't on my team anymore, I, I did I wasn't I wasn't doing as well with my yeah, captain. But that was way later. And so I'm but I, what I'm gonna try to do is just find someone, a you know, a Sanchez, a hazard, an anchor, <laughs> and just try to leave it there. 
a Kevin DeBrown. That's Brown the hardest up. eye roll that Scott's ever given. <laughs> and that was when you said Hazard. A deli, right? <laughs> no, it was Sanchez. It was like, well, that was predictable. Well, sure. Well, I it's going to be hard to. Well, he's be the hard best to, player in the league last year. Be really How did Conte, which he was good, Alexis, win Player of the Year? Dave, Alexis is going to be really hard to captain since Barca's not in the Premier League. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> All right. Um, my PSG. sources. My sources say. Oh, actually, you're going to be lucky. It's going to be City. Actually, my sources said he might go somewhere. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then the other thing was that sometimes I was loyal too long to certain players. So obviously, it sounds completely contradictory to point two was jumping around. Jumping around didn't matter. But sometimes I was too loyal with certain players, and and I want to be because I like them. Like Zlatan, I held on to Zlatan too long. After he started cooling down. And he already had 12 goals because he knew that – or he scored 13 goals before Christmas, therefore winning the bet with me and Scott. He then decided to just start toning it down a little bit. And after that happened, I should have just dumped him. And I didn't. So there's another I was business – I was loyal too long. There's another business term. Um, I fell it, in love with the stock and I couldn't go let it economic go. Economic term that applies here. It's sunk cost. Sometimes you just have to know you're going to take a loss, you're going to take a hit. But you know what? At least you're going to be able to hopefully buy someone who's going yep. to do something better for you. Yep. And you got to just cut and run hey, sometimes. I was right on some things last year. I, I was on Zaha early. I was on Jesus early. I'm just saying, I didn't get it all wrong, but I got a lot wrong. And let me just wrap all this up in a nice little bow because we've probably uh, intimidated a lot of newbies to FPL by saying, <laughs> wait, buy low, sell high, but okay. know when to cut yeah. and run. Don't overthink. Yeah. You know, like, so what do I do? Well, the answer is you listen to our show when every we'll week we recap the matches and we tell you what guys are going to do in the next week or not. That's it. That's what you do. Keep listening to our show. Getting I, it 19, uh, 19, getting it 90% yeah. right. 10% since of the time. 2014. <laughs> That's such a high percentage. Getting it 90% of the right. You don't have to time. prove that it's true. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for part D. Yeah, do you feel like we covered everything that is important there? I feel like prices, we, you know, you're going to know that pl- prices are going to fluctuate. You know that players are going to rise and fall. You just have to know how to ride the wave the right way, man. You got to surf it, man. I only used my high-pitched, passionate voice twice. Hang 10. You're good, Scott. I like Injury you. protocol, fantasypremierleague.com. Come Shut on. Shut the window on August 1st. Oh, man, I thought you were saying something else. All right, listen for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time.